Hi guys, this is me, Paula, and I pray. And I wanted to share a short message with you um, regarding beauty. I know when you think of beauty, you're thinking of all the people, the beautiful people in this world, right? That you see celebrities, and maybe you are one of them. So when you're thinking of beauty, you might not be thinking even of yourself. You may think, well, I'm not beautiful by someone's standard of measure. But actually, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and you've come into uh, fellowship with him, you have a personal, intimate relationship with him. We're not talking about religion here. We're talking about relationship. And you get to know Jesus. You start, you know, his beauty, his beauty starts rubbing off on you. <laughs> you start looking like, talking like, and acting like him. So in Psalm 110, it says, in the beauties of holiness. So when we accepted the Lord and we became believers, um, you know, sin, it leaves you like ravaged. It leads you uh, into a deformity. You know, you have... Um, spiritual blindness the bible talks about before you know you knew christ as your savior then sin took a toll on you <clears throat> the bible calls um sin it it separates you from god it keeps you far away from him it puts a block so you could be a believer and you may stumble and fall and make mistakes or trip up from now and then and transgress, you know, and, and even sin against people and offend them. But the key is to admit that before the Lord. The key is to ask the Lord to forgive you. First John talks about if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. We have a lawyer, Jesus Christ, the righteous. So he's talking, John was talking in First John there to the church. He was talking to believers. That letter was addressed to believers, true, true believers. So from time to time, when we're walking with the Lord, I, I read an article recently that I thought was absolutely crazy. It was someone who said that um, you, you no longer have to ask God to forgive you because since all your sin has been... Uh, you know, uh, taken to the cross, then there is there is no more um, admitting. I, I thought, are you kidding me? Are people actually listening to this false teacher? Because the Bible doesn't teach that. That's where ignorance in the church just alarms me so much. That that the 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 the, the saints, the so called saints, the people who call themselves believers and Christians. I don't even like to use the word Christian anymore around people because the the false idea is that that people are just kind of going off in different streams and they believe different leaders or they come under a certain persuasion, I call it, um, without actually going to the Word of God and checking out what, what the Word of God says about this. So the Bible doesn't say you cannot sin again after you accepted Christ into your heart. No, because we live in a fallen world. There's an enemy. If you don't know that, if you're living in some kind of false world, you need to wake up and you need to understand that God is calling us to himself, but he's all, we're also going from glory to glory, but we're not perfected yet in him till, you know, we come to that place. The Lord brings us in and we look like, and we talk like, and we act like Jesus. 
And if you're honest, if you're self-deceived, wow, you need to wake up and say, you know what, I can make a mistake, I can sin, I can fail. But look at the Psalms, read the Psalms. For example, David talked about his sin, he wrote about it, the sweet psalmist of Israel, he spoke about it. And then he said, but Lord, and he was an old covenant man under the law. He said, but Lord, you will take me back. And you will accept me. And I think that's so interesting. Now we're brought into this new covenant between the Father and His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, through His shed blood. And we don't understand that, you know, if we make, if we stumble, if we fall, we're not supposed to admit or confess, the Bible says, our fault. Actually, it says, confess your faults one to another that you might be healed. Yeah, and when you go to lay hands, the leaders of the church, the elders, it says if he's committed any or she's committed any sins, they shall be forgiven him or her. So there is an opportunity to make mistakes. So to ignore them, to pretend, that's what I call it. You're just living in another land. It's not the Bible land. It's your own idea about God. But you want to get that straight. So... We want to walk into the beauty of his holiness and we want to be acceptable to the Lord. So sin can leave us lagging with no spiritual energy. But when we invited Jesus into our hearts, he came in and brought us this new creation. The Bible says a new creation in Christ, a new creation reality, the, the born again experience. Jesus said, you must be born from heaven above in John chapter 3 speaking to a very religious man of his day, Nicodemus. Nicodemus, you must be born again. You can't even get in or see the kingdom of God without being reborn, the spiritual rebirth, okay? So when you're born again, um, it's interesting because now the Bible says we're to be clothed with power from on high. We're to be filled with baptized into, immersed into the Holy Spirit and power to live this Christian life. And even when you are clothed with power, you have to walk in the Spirit with the Holy Spirit. And so we are now arrayed in this robe of His righteousness and His adornment. And that's called the beauties of holiness. The Lord is a holy God. That word uh, in the Hebrew, the original Hebrew for beauty or beauties is hadar. And it's defined, there's a description of it as an ornament or like a splendor, a glorious majesty, a magnificent decoration. And so the root word from hadar is derived from a translation glorious. The Lord is glorious. He's glorious in his apparel. He's clothed, you know, He's holy. He's mighty. So when, as Christians, you're to wear this garment, this apparel of the Lord on you 24-7. You know, it goes with you. It's part of your new clothes. It's part of your beauty. It's part of the redeemed. It's part of you who were bought with the price of his blood. You were, you were ransomed. You were, you were kidnapped. We were all kidnapped. We were stolen. You know, you go back to the garden of delight, the garden of paradise in Eden, and you see our first spiritual parents, Adam, how they fell from the Lord's glory. 
Okay, so they sold out to God's enemy. Okay, the devil, Satan, that fallen angel, Lucifer, they sold out to him. And so what happened, they were tricked. Eve was tricked. She was deceived. She fell for it. And then Adam, he, was, he knew exactly what he was doing. He was told, do not, do not. They, they were both told, don't partake of the tree that's planted in the garden, the middle of the garden of the knowledge of good and evil, and they disobeyed the Lord. So, so part of being a Christian is to put on this apparel, Okay, put on this garment of holiness in Hebrew. Um, and it's defined as being ceremonially pure or morally clean. And, in, and that word is um, kodesh, kodesh. And so in Hebrew, kodesh, you're to, you're, to, you're to put on that garment and take your sacred vow. You know, that's a consecration, dedication to the Lord. You're holy. You're, it's a person or an object that's pronounced pure and holy. That's what it means. Um, it's any person in the Lord that's devoted to him. For 2019, you want to be devoted to the Lord in prayer. You want to be consecrated and set apart. So come on in. Come on in and receive the Lord and put on this beautiful garment. In Psalm 110, 110 it's a group of people who come in and they bring their free will gifts out of their free will um, in the military service of the Lord. And their feature, they, they are featured in this holy adornment. They come in, freely have you received, freely shall you give. 2019 is the time of giving, giving to the Lord, give back to the Lord. What, what is due him? Do you realize that some people do not understand the free will about the will. Do you know, that's one thing that marks you and marks me as the Lord has given to every one of us, everyone on the planet, a freedom to choose. Do you know the ancient church fathers, do you know what they taught? The early apostles of the Lord? Well, when you study the biblical view on free will, you can't save yourself because you're born with a sin nature. You're born with a sin nature. So can you save yourself? No, because you're not born sinless. The official doctrine of the church and the early church fathers is they needed salvation. We have a sin nature which causes us to commit sin and can actually damn you to hell. Do you realize that God does not want people to love him because they have to because they're afraid of him in that sense he wants your heart he's not a dictator he wants you to freely give your heart to him okay so that doctrine in the early church in the early ancient church was free will do you know what the agnostics taught well the agnostics were a cult that rose up in the first and second century. One of the agnostic schools is headed up by a man. Um, his name was Valentinus. And this Valentinus taught some persons um, that they're born saved. <laughs> so um, even if they turn out to be wicked sinners, they will still be saved because they were born elected for salvation. The election. Have you heard any 
damnable heresies like that? Well, they're in the church, and they've been floating around for a long, 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 long time, people. But it's time to set the record straight. You know, other people elected or were predestined, they said, certain for hell, but others were born elected for salvation. No matter what good they do, they can never, ever make it to heaven. Do you realize how crazy that is? That means that God went to all the trouble of sending his one and only son to this planet. There had to be a second Adam, Jesus, the second Adam, to redeem us from that outlaw, the devil, who stole us away from God. That that was all just something God, you know, do you realize how hard it was that God had to get into this earth and be born a baby in Bethlehem? The prophecies have been fulfilled that were prophesied about him coming, his first coming. And, and I want you to know that there was nobody who fit the description of all those prophetic words but Jesus Christ. Even outside biblical references refer to Jesus of Nazareth and that he lived. So the church needed to reject these cults that were coming in, and they did reject that cult idea. And then a man named Augustine um, came in, And he based his cult on the same man, agnosticism. And he believed that man has no free will. But instead, he is totally depraved and unable to be saved. And after eight years of this, Augustine converted to Christianity and taught the free will of man and salvation through Jesus Christ. So one of the early ancient church fathers was Augustine of Hippo. There was another bishop at the time. He started teaching man was born sinless and had the free will to stay that way and that if you did choose to sin, only then you would need a savior. (laughs) Yeah, this again was another ancient heresy of the agnostics. So Augustine used the arguments who, you know, those who were opposing and to combat him. And then this led Augustine to change his teaching from free will to total depravity. So out of this idea, out of these first and second century um, heresies, really, came a man named John Calvin in the 1500s. And John Calvin successively brought the same teachings of the Agnostics and the Augustinians thought to the forefront of Christianity and formed Calvinism. Okay, the centerpiece of this, of Calvinism, is the doctrine, is one doctrine, now there are many, but one of the doctrines uh, that was taught is that man is totally depraved, he has no free will to choose uh, to receive Christ as Savior. So, (laughs) again, Augustine of Hippo, you can study this, man is born with sin nature, controlling him to the point that he can't even accept the gift of salvation, so God must force those few he chooses to be saved and force them to stay saved. All right? So um, there were semi-Augustinians who, who, man is born with a sin nature causing him to sin, thereby all men need a Savior. Once man recognizes his need for a Savior, he can freely choose to accept God's gift of salvation or reject it. So there were some that were in the middle 
and then there was this other guy, man is born sinless, and if he is careful, um, he may never sin, therefore he never needs a savior. Um, that's another one. So for a long time, the church was divided over the issue of free will. And the Calvinist churches teach man does not have the free will to accept the gift of salvation. Thus God must send an irresistible sort of saving grace to force some sort of conversion. On the other hand, the Armenian church is taught that God granted men the ability to understand and freely choose to accept or reject his gift of salvation.